There was an idea. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people, see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to, to fight the battles that we never could. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess fucking what? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. You've got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy is such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight, and that fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope you guys you come ready. Hi, I'm Mike Morgan, and welcome to another edition of the Wellcast Lockdown. Now, UFC 249 is literally days away, and it will be behind closed doors, without the crowds, without the rigmarole, without the kerfuffle. Almost a fight club, if you like. Now, here to break down this instalment is Rhino podcasters and uh, those looking uh, to podcast will recognize my man Rhino he's doing massive and incredible work in the field also UFC's Darren Stewart thanks for joining me fellas hello I can't I can't believe I was the lead over the dentist man <laughs> that'll, be the, that'll, be the, that'll be the first and last time that ever happened I'm used to it man I'm used to it man we'll, we'll, we'll put it this way put it this way you have the prelim and then you have the main event don't you that's, oh. that's a better way of putting it. That's, nah. that's a better way of putting it. I yeah. uh, I fully support that. <laughs> <laughs> Dug myself out of uh, out of the hole there. Also coming up on this. Thinking, Mr. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> also coming up on this episode later on in the show, I'll be speaking to Nathan Grayson. Now, let's just crack on without further ado. You know, one thing which has intrigued me about this whole thing before we go any further. There has obviously been a lot of um, toing and throwing in terms of opinion. Are you of the mindset that these fights should be taking place? We're in the midst of a global pandemic now. People, especially when they've just released the figures in terms of UK um, fatalities, we are leading the way in terms of uh, people who've actually died. You know you know what? Yeah, how I see it is that when it's time to go, it's time to go and everyone's future is written. Wow. I ain't going to sit there and cry about it. I ain't going to sit there and cry about it. You know what I mean? I'm going to live life how it is. I'm going to do my basics, wash hands, and I will be in my minerals and living the right way. But you don't know the numbers are true. You know what I mean? Some days going up, some days going down. People, people are dying of heart attacks in that year, and they're putting down as corona. You know what I mean? So I'm, as a fighter, you're asking that question. I'm going to say, yeah, it's still good to fight. I'll still do it. Do you know what I mean? I've got to pray every day and live my life. You know what I mean? Like, it's what it is. So. How about yourself, Rhino? Yeah. I look at it kind of in a similar way. It's like, uh, at what point do we stop um, doing what we do to provide for our friends and our family? It's uh, risk to reward. There, there are there's there's a lot of things obviously to take into consideration. Is for me as just a, as a fan, of course, I want to see it. There always is going to be that. Uh, with, with situations like this, that sense of worry, worry for the fighters, worry for the people who are going to be there participating. Um, but at another point, it's like these these are all adults who are making adult decisions about their own yeah. health and yeah. safety. They're making the risk versus reward. And, you know, they're going in to do their job. So, again, again it's not just something they're doing for fun. They're doing this to provide means for themselves and for their family. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've kind of I've kind of gone on to that side as well but, but again there's still that definitely that edge of worry just for everyone's safety and concern but you know that's where i'm at with it yeah yeah of course 
definitely what you just said. You know, I think then, without further ado, let's just crack on in terms of our predictions, how we see things going down at UFC 249. You know, before we get to the main event, I wouldn't mind. I know, you know, really the brief is to talk about the main event. But for me, Donald Cerrone uh, versus Anthony Pettis 2, I know that's on the prelim portion of, of the card, but that has got me really fired up. I mean, considering that We've seen this already. This is the second bite of the cherry. This is the second go around. I just can't wait, first of all, for the card in its entirety. But this in particular, one of the prelims, has kind of like piqued my interest. I do see uh, Anthony Pettis getting this done, considering, you know, he's actually worked out Donald Cerrone. Plus, I get the feeling that Donald Cerrone seems to be just going through the motions of late. He does seem to be, um, ha- well, Cowboy has it seems, has left the building. But Donald Cerrone is still um, trying to pick up the checks. How about you guys? <laughs> who are you in particular um, buzzing about? Who are you looking forward to on the prelims? Anyone in particular? Um, I'm looking at that. I like Rigo Hall. Okay. Yeah, he's, is he on the prelims? He is, isn't it? Yeah, he's on the yes. prelims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my guy, man. Yeah. I like, I like his style as well. Like, when he's on... His, when he's on So you cut out there when he's on. Oh, you're joking. Oh, no way. <laughs> oh, he's back. Hey, he's oh, back. I'm back. I'm back. You there still? You guys there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Sorry, te- technical, technicals. Um, yeah, he's fighting Sousa as well. But didn't Sousa leave and go like heavyweight? I was hearing. How come he's staying middleweight? I thought he had gone up to light heavyweight, but yes, this would be. Yeah, he uh... got up as well, yeah, but this is at, this is at 185. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm rooting for um, your rifle. I'm looking forward to that one. As far as the prelims go, I definitely, um, I definitely like both fights. You guys talked about. It. I talked about it at length on my show. But if I'm going to go with a different route, I'm definitely looking forward to Waterson versus Sparza. I think this one could be one of those fights that kind of turns into a real ebb and flow back and forth on the feet and on the ground. We know that's where Sparza wants to take. She wants to clinch and uh, work her dirty boxing and get on the ground and kind of ground and pound. And I know Michelle would probably prefer to keep it on the feet, keep it striking, uh, use her, her awesome kicks. So I'm really looking forward to uh, the Karate Hottie versus the Cookie Monster and that one as well. Nice, nice. Incredible. So let's just crack on with the main card now. Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro. Um, OK, I'm going to throw it out to you guys first off. In terms of matchups, in terms of what's going to actually occur, in terms of where you feel this fight is going to go. I, I throw it to you, Darren. What's what's going to happen here? I don't know, you know. Like, I've met Greg Hardy. Yeah. He's a madman, you know. He's cool, <laughs> but he's mad. Like, he's like, he's lacking upstairs, man. Like, he would have to have anyone. Like, he don't care if he, he doesn't care if he's like, Obviously, when you talk to him, I think one time I was in a sauna, yeah? And uh, we was going to shut the door, and he was like, hey, yo, man, shut the door. And I was like, all right, calm down, like. But you know, like, they're saying shut the door and they're saying it like you're mad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. He's a madman. But I like I like the way he fights. That guy is fighting, though, yeah? Didn't he have a knockout the other time? From, um, he had some crazy knockout, didn't he? Jorgen de Castro, yeah. Jorgen. If if I remember rightly, the last fight did end in a, in a KO. He's still unbeaten. Whilst he's young in his career, um, that, I feel, is what's going to pose a problem for Greg Hardy. But no, I, I interrupted you. Yeah, I mean, you could say it poses a, a problem, but we haven't seen enough yet. We get his unbeaten, and yeah, he's a knockout, but we need to see more. Can he go through the, can he go the rounds? 
I mean, I always judge a person on that. If they can go around, that's that's a fight to me. Do you know what I mean? A quick knockout is is great, but it's not enough. So I know I know um, Greg Hardy, and I'm gonna go with him. Okay, How about yourself, Rano. Yeah, I'm looking at it from a little bit of a different aspect. I think both uh, DeCastro and Hardy obviously to uh, to put each other to sleep very early and very quickly. I do think we're going to see both of them kind of be a little rusty, a little off. Neither one of them have a ton of in-cage experience. Yes, so yes. this kind of a layoff might kind of with their timing and their ability to want to step in and engage. So I think we'll see a lot of a feeling out process, particularly early. I'm hoping, again, this is pure heart overhead. I'm hoping that DeCastro can kind of piece up Hardy and stay away from the huge power. So I actually picked DeCastro to win by a pretty close decision. That's kind of how I, how I see it going. All yeah, right. You know, I know we're supposed to be uh, unbiased, and I know, you know, we're supposed to put um, the personal aspect of this aside, but I have a hard time um, getting past the fact that, you know, this is Greg. I threw my girlfriend onto a pile of guns, Hardy. This is Greg, who's had some indiscretions in the past. And this is Greg, who, you know, not many people are reminding listeners or viewers when you're watching videos that this is a man who, who's passed um, shouldn't actually go unchecked. Now, all that aside, I do feel that, you know, given his relative um, new... Uh, status as a UFC fighter and Jorgen de Castro being unbeaten, the fact that, you know, he lives, breathes MMA. I, I can see Jorgen de Castro in the second round handing out a KO. And I, I'm, I why I, I set this up like this is that I don't think I'd be upset to see that in all honesty. Mm. Yeah, that's the beauty about MMA though. The thing about this sport, we don't know what happens. The clubs are so small, you either have one opinion, one opinion, and that's the beauty of the sport. So it's going to be a good one. <laughs> okay so next yeah. up Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Cater um, right now where do you see this going uh, Calvin Cater has looked so good his last few fights I really like the way particularly he has uh, upgraded his footwork he is really coming he's cutting really hard angles uh, he is kind of what you want to see a guy progress kind of taking the steps of where you want to see like a good high on him jeremy stevens god love him he's put on some phenomenal fights for all of us fans for years um unfortunately he's taken a lot of damage over that time as well i think he is more susceptible to being stopped than you know than he has been uh in, earlier in his career so i've got i've got calvin beating uh jeremy by a third round tko i think jeremy's so tough that he's gonna laugh Asked, you know, until the third, but I think some point of the third, Cutter is just going to uh, get him with something. I don't know if it's going to be a punch or an elbow or something that's going to uh, put Jeremy down. So I got Cutter in the third. See, this for me has got fight of the night potential written all over it. I think that we're going to be coming down to a razor thin decision. I mean, look at their recent fights, Jeremy Stevens and Calvin Cater. I feel are going to take this to the third round now. For me, um, not only has this got fight of the night written all over it, I really do feel that we're going to see, well, Calvin Cater versus Jeremy Stevens too in the near future. I just think it's got that potential considering that, you know, these guys, not only do they throw bombs, but, you know, they do tend to go towards the third round in terms of 
um, really bringing their all. And I, I really can see this actually being repeated at some point during the future. How about yourself, Darren? Um, I'm going to go with um, Jeremy, you know, but after what Ronnie's saying, man, I just like, I'm fucking about that way because you mentioned about taking a lot of damage and then as you go by, that's part we've seen a lot of fires take a lot of damage and, you know, one clip of the gym, they're going down and that plays a big part. So, because of um, what Ronnie said, man, I might go Calvin now. Thanks for that, Ron. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Rhino, not Ron. <laughs> oh, Rhino. Sorry, Ron. Sorry, Ron. No problem. No problem, my dude. I know the... Not, uh, listen, I know not the, on purpose, man. I'm, I'm fasting, so it's crazy. Oh, it's no, crazy. dude. I don't know. I know, the, <laughs> I know the connection's not great. I'm all the way across the pond here, so I t- totally understand. It's 100% okay. Rhino. Sorry, apologies. Rhino. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Now, next up, Francis Ngannou versus Jarzinho Rosenstreak. Darren, who have you got? Oh, my God. These silverbacks, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even call it, man. Oh, could that, um, how do you pronounce his name, the one that Francis is fighting? Jarzinho Rosenstreak. Yeah, he's looking good, man. Like, he's on it. He's on, about, he's on that smoke, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um... I can't, but Francis is lethal. You know what he's done to Overeem, mate. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Rhino, what do you think? I don't know. I'm, I'm speechless, man. I, I look at it like this. I For for as good as Rosenfrick has, has looked, um, there was a lot of lulls in the Overeem fight. I thought that he didn't... I mean, again, he looked good, but he didn't throw as as I think he can. His kickboxing is so incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. That all being said, he's going against the Predator. The Predator, if you've seen him fight, and, you know, taking away, obviously, the uh, Eric Lewis one off table, but if you've seen him fight normally, he is he is quintessential power that maybe the UFC has never seen before. And I think that Rosenstrike is going to feel like his skill set is much higher than Francis's and is going to be more aggressive. Um, because, you know, when you fight someone like Overeem, that dude has miles of experience. So, you know, you got to kind of be, you know kind of careful when you're in there. I think he might get a little sloppy in there with Nganu, kind of be a little overconfident. And I think I think Nganu is going to separate my man from consciousness in the very first round. I got Francis Nganu, first round K over. Well, <laughs> it, I, I feel that, you know, it's, we're going to spend the majority of this bout. I'm looking at two um, elite grapplers on the ground and um it's going to be a lot of um a lot, a lot of submissions being attempted hell no someone is going to sleep someone's getting slept in the first round it's going to be a massive ko i mean all jokes aside about their ground game that is one thing that we're not going to see here now for me though um jazinho rosenstruck I, I don't think much has been put in terms of respect for his kickboxing credentials and that's where i feel that you know, Francis Ngannou is going to come unstuck. I really do think that this is going to be a first-round KO. I think that we're looking at a KO of the night here. Ngannou is going to sleep and it's going to be in round one. His technical prowess, and that is um, Rosenstruck, his technical prowess is far, I feel, superior to Ngannou's when it comes to striking. And um, that's going to be definitely on show here. Oh, Okay. So I can understand. I can understand. I can understand completely why you're saying that. I just, you know, you and I are on the opposite ends of the coin, which is one of the beautiful things about this sport. Indeed. Next up, the first championship bout of the night: 
Henry Cejudo mm. versus Dominic Cruz. Now, Darren, what do you reckon? Yeah. Um, we all want to see a fight, innit? Um, and I come from a striker, I would love to go with um, Dominic Cruz, but you know how, I'm not going to say how UFC works, you know how the whole sport works, innit? I mean, they score more on grappling and wrestling. So I just see Henry Cejudo going to hold him down. Uh, not do much in the top and just win the fight that way. We want it to. We want to see a fight, but I don't know if it's gonna happen. Um, I didn't know Dominic's back. I thought he was done, but it's good to see him back. Um, but I think Sahuda's gonna get this one. Not by like a quality fight, nothing like that. Just just playing the game. No, you just play the game, you win. I don't know. I think I might go on points as well. Um, but yeah, that's what I see as happening. Henry to win. Just the fact by just grabbing. You see, again, I, I I think we've kind of been here before in terms of how Dominic Cruz deals with somebody who has phenomenal speed. I mean, called Cejudo the Flash. Basically, how I see this playing out is exactly how it played out when he met Cody Garbrandt. Dominic Cruz doesn't actually deal with speed. Plus, we're not going to see any KO attempts here as well. I mean, the last time we saw a KO from Dominic Cruz, I think it was 2014. Everything has been um, taken to a decision. I mean... To talk about living your name. I know it's spelled differently, but you know he's going to cruise his way through this fight. We're not going to see anything which I feel is going to trouble Henry Cejudo. I I do feel, you know, king of cringe and all of that. Um, it'll be nice to see him get his comeuppance, but I think technically, in terms of what he's going to be able to do in terms of speed, I think speed is going to be the factor here, and um, that's going to play a large part in this being a decision win for Henry Cejudo. Yeah. We all know how elusive and how great a footwork that Dom Cruz has. I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Cejudo is going to be able to punch his way inside, close the distance, take Dominic down several times throughout the fight. And again, he's not going to do much damage, I don't think, because Dom is such a savvy guy on the ground as far as avoiding damage. But I think Cejudo is going to spend a lot of time on top throughout the five rounds. And I think it's going to be a pretty clear-cut, wide uh, decision for Cejudo after five. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my my uh, my neck on on the line here. I'm going to put my my head above the parapet. I do feel that this will be um, the last time we see Dominic Cruz in the octagon. Not only has he been held together by flipping um, sticky tape, but I, I do feel that where else can he go after this? And being so accident prone and being so 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 fragile, I, I just don't see there being a future for him. I know, you know, um, it's not the popular opinion, but I do feel that Dominic Cruz's best days have been seen. So what do you think he's um, coming back for, the money or what? Well, he's coming back for legacy. When you think about it, when was the last time we saw anything which was um, near um, classic or golden um, Dominic Cruz? Like I say, 2014. Now, as well as that, I know it's an old cliche, but I feel that, you know, maybe it's just that he wants to go out with a kind of... um, well, he wants to leave a good impression in people's minds as to what he's capable of. Don't get me wrong, his technical ability when it comes to analysing fights, when it comes to breaking down fights, when it comes to commentating fights, is fantastic. But I just feel that his best days are behind him. So just to answer your question, the reason why I feel he's come back is for legacy. I don't think there's so much legacy in this kind of matchup, though. I mean, it's going to be... I'd love to see him fight, but I think he's going to get held down. 
<laughs> yeah, the, when, uh, when, when his, I talked about this on my show on Sunday, Mike and uh, Dan. They, the, there was a thing that always stuck out with me in that years ago when they were on the Ultimate Fighter, the two coaches, Uriah Faber, uh, Dom Cruz's longtime arch nemesis, said that his body was his being, uh, Cruz's body was not made for combat. And as good as he's been, as talented as he's been, and as much skill as he's been able to show, that's actually held true. I mean, the countless knee surgeries and the countless time off, uh, for as good as he is of, of a mind and athlete and doing what he does, he just doesn't have one of those bodies that's been able to hold up like other guys have been able to. Mm. So for me, the reason he's coming back is like, you know, maybe one more chance at glory. And then if nothing else, it keeps him like fresh in the people's minds of, yeah, I was a real fighter and a real good one, which is why my uh, analytical perspective should be taken with respect i'm not just some dude off the couch talking about mma and breaking it down for you i'm a guy who was a yeah. top tier elite fighter who now people have actually seen you know because not everybody's been watching for as long as you know maybe the three of us have and so he's he's maybe going to be uh showing himself to a new audience that then will carry him for the next four or five or six years as an uh as an analytical voice yeah finally Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. Who have you got, Rhino? Uh, for me, I know this is not going to be the most popular of all things from what I'm reading and seeing everywhere, but I think this is going to be a insane back-and-forth war. I think we're going to see both guys bloodied up, both guys hit the canvas, uh, both guys have their moments of both getting really hurt and doing the hurting. I know this is not the most popular, but I got a good feeling about it, man. I think I'm going Justin Gaethje by split decision split over. decision i know it's gonna be super razor claw <laughs> i got justin gaethje over tony ferguson i know a little bit of an upset for most but that's how i feel about <laughs> it i want to see it i'm praying to the mma gods for one of those classic five round wars that we're all hoping to see and that's where i'm at with it so i'm sticking with justin gaethje's split decision how about you darren i'm gonna go with uh tony ferguson just because that i've met him i spoke to him and you know, I've been in the same show as him, and uh, he's given me a lot of advice and that. And uh, I just love his style, I love his persona. Like this guy's like a monkey inside a cage. Like lots of these front flips, back flips, uh, great dancing and that. And when someone's doing that, it kind of throws you off. I mean, it's good to fight a one straight forward fight, but you're not gonna get that with him. Um, you know, I, I reckon Justin Gage, you know, he loves his leg kicks, but then can he catch them when this guy's doing backflips? Like, I don't know. He can fight anywhere. He can fight anywhere. He brings it, man. And uh, like I said, I, I've, I've met um, Gage as well. Do you know what I mean? And when I was on one, one card, he was coaching someone. But I've spoke to, I spoke to actually Toby Ferguson, sat next to him, gave him advice and, you know, from the heart and that. And I just love his style. So I'm going to go with Antonio Ferguson. And I agree with him right now as well. It's going to be one of them back and forth rounds, man. Like back and forth, pure blood, which is what I like to see as well. But I reckon that he'll get the win, Tony Ferguson. I think we're all on the same page when we say that this is going to be a back and forth. It's not going to disappoint. I mean, Ferguson, I've got all day, every day. I mean, he's got too many tools for me. Plus, his cardio and he's a tactical technician with precision. Plus, I think that kind of style makes it a nightmare for Justin yeah. Gaethje because... Old Justin Gaethje or, or, or vintage Justin Gaethje was the bite down on your gum, she'll go forward type of guy. He's kind of like, if you look at his recent fights, he's been really intelligent trying to kind of like um, pad things out by being more methodical in his approach. Now, for me, that is why Tony Ferguson makes it a nightmare. He's a come yeah, forward kind yeah, of guy. Yeah. 
And I just feel that Justin Gaethje is going to spend too much time trying to avoid Ferguson's takedowns as well as trying to keep up with him on the feet. I've got Ferguson by TKO in round three. Yeah, like we said about the vintage. If the vintage guy's in there, it'd be a problem. Like, it'd be a fight. Yeah, you can't really hold back and be in the back foot and try and be a technician. It's nice, isn't it? But we want to see a fight, isn't it, man? Yeah, the yeah. Old, old gagey, maybe. I'm still, like, I, me saying this, man, I still want to go with Tony. But the old gagey, <laughs> the old gagey comes in, yeah, it'll be a war. But you can't be sitting back in the back foot. And obviously, I know why, I know why coaches tell fighters this, you know what I mean? Like, not so much playing safe. It looks pretty, it looks technical. Yeah, it's cool, but yeah. a fight's a fight. You had six to eight weeks to be technical and sparring. You only got five rounds or three rounds or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Go out there and bite your gumshoe and go have it out. But if you don't do that, um, yeah, Tony Ferguson got it, man. So, any more for any more before we wrap up, guys? Is there anything else that you want to say about the UFC 249 card before we actually close this down? Um, no, nah, I mean, just looking forward to it, man. It's a very, very, I mean, the card just keeps getting better and better. I don't know how the matchmakers are doing it. It's crazy. Put it, I couldn't put these fights together. It's just amazing what they're coming up with. So I'm looking forward to it. During a time like this as well, uh, it'd be good for some of us to watch. Do you know what I mean? So I'm looking forward to it, man. What about you, Rhino? Yeah, I'm 100% with you, Darren. The, uh, again, putting all of the, the worry and the fear aside just for that night um, and just to be able to enjoy the fights is something I think a lot of us could use. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a stacked card. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fights that have some really good stories behind them and some stories that are yet to be told in the actual cage. So I am super stoked, super looking forward to it. And uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on board. Thank you so much for sharing the hosting facilities here. And um, on Saturday, uh, we haven't got that much time to wait. It's going to be um, a smorgasbord in terms of mm-hmm. fights. And I just can't wait just like you guys. Yes. Well, until the next time we do this, if there is indeed a next time, these uh, technical gremlins, wow, they were um, were a bit of a feat to iron out. Uh, I just wanted to thank you guys for for, for bearing with me and um, for coming on board originally. It's been a long time since we've had um, this particular individual on the channel, on the chat, on the WOCast. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the WOCast Nathan Grayson. What's going on, my man? Thank you, mate. All good, mate. All good, dude. Now, it, it, this is what it looks like to me. You um, may want to put this in context. You may want to actually uh, give this a, a little bit of an explanation. You seem to have fallen off the uh, off the side of the planet. I mean, where have you been all this time? I mean, I'm hearing rumours that you retired. I'm hearing rumours that you might be coming back. What is the status with you? Where have you gone? Lockdown, isn't it? It's quarantine, man. It's lockdown. Everywhere, everyone's missing. You see, that I get if we were talking about the uh, time span of the last seven weeks. I'm talking before that. I'm talking when you actually were seen in the cage. And I really, you know, enjoyed the matchup. I like the fact that, you know, Franz Malambo, um, I thought was a really uh, testing opponent to you. I know that you are very game and I know that you don't shirk away from, you know, actually um, putting your skills to the test. But I I was a bit surprised that um, from the chatter I heard that that was what you deemed to be your last moment in the cage. How true is that? Yeah, yeah, it's 
highly true, man. It's highly true. I'm not really like uh, um, getting any fun, like getting any fun out of competing anymore. So, like, when once your heart's not in it, it's, it can get dangerous, man. So, I'm making a wise decision, uh, not competing at the moment. I don't want to sound ignorant, but what does that mean when you're not getting any fun? Is it the fact that the actual training regime is a little bit monotonous, dreary, weary? What is not getting any fun out of mixed martial arts? What does that mean? Just like, just like, just not having fun with it anymore. Just like, um, it just started getting to, like it for a long time. It started feeling like a job. It is a job, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, like just. Just the other pressures of dealing with it and everything, just like, um, just literally the training. Um, you're always gonna have fun competing, win, lose, or draw. But just like the whole, the whole world of um, competing. You didn't know what you didn't know. Training. You see that that whole thing. Uh, I get. I do hear, but. Looking back on your career, I mean, let, let's just make no bones about it. You were on the crest of a wave when you left Cage Warriors with the Cage Warriors belt. Think about it. You were the Cage Warriors champion. Now, a lot of people put a lot of store by that belt. I mean, me in particular, I do think it's a very worthy um, organization to have fought on. But it would seem that, I don't know, maybe it's just me that you might have lost sight of that in where you have come and where you've come from. I mean, let's not make no bones about this. Uh, a few years back, you were contemplating where your life could actually end up from a cell. And to actually have ridden the crest of that wave to that height, surely that's something which, you know, you want to maintain or to get back to. Yeah. Say that again, Mike. Say that again. Sorry, that last bit. I was just saying that, you know, surely um, you want to get back to the heady heights of where you were. Uh, um, do you know what? I still feel a bit like I was in the past um, a bit conflicted, like whether I'm going to compete again. Like, obviously, I, it's me, isn't it? Like a, that chip on the shoulder type of fighter, isn't it? I want to prove that I'm number one, but... Mm, nah, like once it's not in your heart no more, man. Like there's so many fighters that walk away from the sport, man. Like, um, like all for similar reasons as well. Like, um, once the once it goes in your heart, it's gonna be real hard to to keep keep up that because it's it's a dedicated sport, you know. You have to give it your all, mm. all at all times. So once you're lacking with your heart, I mean, mentally you can be on it to fight. Some people could be on to on it to fight for money alone some people can be on it to fight for uh, any reason you know but once your heart's not in it i mean um that's the rule that's the rule that's the rule fight you fight with your heart man so i'm surprised you say that you know we're going to move on from this in, in in a sec but i'm surprised you say that i tell you why a lot of people um are looking at james gallagher as the shining beacon the shining light and he's called out quite a few people he's uh mentioned a lot of people's names um, but yours never seems to, um, well, cross his lips. There must be a reason for that. Now, I love James, but fact is, th this is absolute facts, absolute truth. I've never heard him speak your name. I mean, just just unpack that for me. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. Like the kid, I don't know. He's a he's a he's a nice kid, but for some reason. I don't know, like, he turned down fights with me. I don't know. He's just, he's a cool guy. I think we would have made a, a great fight. He would have lost. He would have, 
he would definitely would have lost. But um, I think we could have we could have made a great show. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like if he, if, I don't know, man. I really don't know. He puts his head down when I enter the building and that. I don't know. He's wow. Wow, hold on, hold on, rewind, puts his head down. So, first of all, there's two questions, actually, I want to just unpack with you. First off, you said that he was offered fights with you in the past. Just unpack that for me. How did that actually occur? How did that actually come up? Um, He got the fight when he was one of my... It was, he was meant to be my... I was meant to be... He was meant to be my first fight in Bellator, but he turned it down and um, Cal, Cal, Cal accepted. Right. Fight with Cal. And then, um, yeah, I'm just not sure, man. I'm just not sure. He's just a bit of a, I don't know. He's a cool guy, like extremely talented businessman. Yeah. Um, but fighter, you like, we know, like, like it's, if, especially if someone's deemed higher than me already, it ain't going to be, I'm going to take it personally, man. And, and, I, and I, that's my type of fight, you know, but I'm not really into like the friendly fights and stuff. He probably would have hyped it up a bit. He probably would have infuriated me a bit. <laughs> my type of fight. <laughs> my type of fight. So. But like, like, good luck to him, man. Because, um, you know, just to add to what you're saying, you're right, he's a very smart, very shrewd businessman. But, you know, not a lot of people say this, and I have to, you know, rise to his defence ever so slightly. I find him very, very personable, very engaging. He's a very warm individual. When you actually get to know James away from the persona that people latch onto when he's at press conferences or whether whether um, it's through interviews, he's a very very nice guy. He's a very very caring, personable, and um, he's a, he's an engaging guy. But you know, it's just a bit odd when you you talked about you know him putting his head down when he saw you. What what do you think that was all about? Um. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure, man. I'm really not sure. I'm not sure if, like, behind the scenes, these like these guys are trying to, um, they're plotting. I don't know. I love my Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure if, like, like what these guys' agendas are behind the scenes, and uh, you know how some people play. But um, me personally, I couldn't tell. I really couldn't tell you, man. It's just what my experiences that we've had behind the scenes and that. I'm not sure, like, um, what everyone's doing and that. I'm not sure, like, why people put their head down and that. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure, man. I really don't know. But it is what it is, isn't it? It's just some people, it's just in life, you know? It's just life, I guess. Some people, different personalities and characters and that. Some people are real and some people just live a different life you know i hear you i hear you so i i was really intrigued by the fact that you seem to be moving with um cal eleanor now when i say moving with he's repping the violent money brand which you know we're going to come on to in a second he's repping that to the fullest and for those people who don't actually know you created a clothing brand um a a, a movement for change almost because when you think about violent money everybody goes back to the fact that it was your cry of I want violent money if you want me to do violent deeds because you weren't getting the violent money at the time and that is you weren't getting paid as much as you were worth when you were in previous promotions 
just on the strength of that, um, it does look as though your previous opponent, Cal Eleanor, does seem to be repping the Violet Money brand, which is a clothing, quite a, a, a sharp suited and quite quite a sharp looking clothing brand. Uh, how did the tie up with Cal Eleanor come in, considering he was a previous opponent of yours? Um, you know what it is with Cal, yeah? Mm. We, um, with Cal, before the fight, we kind of had respect for each other before, isn't it? So... Um, the respect was always there, innit? Like, like even even through the fight, like we're trying to take each other's heads off, but it's just that's just the game, you know. And like straight after, we just we was back at the respect and that, you know. So, I it's like real recognized, real with Cal, you know. So, mm. um, he's a top, he's a top G. So he just kind of just we just kind of like real recognized, real, you know. We just kind of just like um, talking about the brand, talking about. Uh, the fight game and um, we've got similar views you know and um, yeah we just started like just linking up and just started making it work and just growing it I hear you and a lot of fighters as I say even though they might not admit it publicly have you to thank when they look at their purse when they look at how much they're being valued now and they look at how much their um, pay has actually increased because it was your cry of violent money that you know made people kind of think twice about trying to give fighters the salaries which you know they will obviously do more but just on that just on the Violent Money brand, how are you actually coping now that you know we are essentially in a in a in a in a lockdown period, and yeah. um, you know we're in the midst of a global pandemic? Has that actually hit your profit somewhat? Um, do you know Do you know what? It's a new brand. It's just starting out, and um, although although we need to sell like we need to sell stock, so fighters can obviously uh, get their sponsorship money in as well. Yeah. Um, we're a new brand, you know, and we're just like enjoying the, the process of it through the brand. And um, we're just trying out new concepts and new innovations. And they seem to be uh, the demon successful, you know. So we're just, everything's real positive and it's just working naturally, you know. So um, we're not really interested in profits and that at the moment. Um, but um, Paul Semtex Daily did sh show a bit of love lately, recently buying 100 tees of our limited edition high quality t-shirts which um, is amazing amazing i saw that earlier i mean he's definitely one fighter who he does it quietly behind the scenes he's investing in fighters not just on a monetary level but he's doing it in terms of bringing up people in terms of their mentality in terms of making sure that they're asking for what they're worth and um, also just ensure ensuring that people's skill sets, because I notice in his camps, people who he basically has along to actually spar are those people who are trying to make it in mixed martial arts. But I interrupted you there. You were, you were saying that Paul has actually invested quite heavily in you by um, purchasing 100 T's. Exactly. Um, yeah, he's back, in it. he's back in the movement hard. He heard about um, the Violet Money Fighter Fund and... Um, he, he he loved it and he he, he understood it, and um, he can see the vision also. So um, big shout out! And he's always been kind of been there like a like a half like a mentor to me as well throughout, um, especially through the Cage Warriors time, yeah, the Bellator time, um, and even like a bit before that as well, definitely. So um, big shout out to 
Paul Daly, man. Pioneer uh, of the sport, man. I, I wouldn't, UK MMA. I wouldn't mind you speaking a bit more about the Fighter Foundation. I hadn't actually appreciated that there was something that was underpinning uh, the Violent Money brand, apart from just selling tees and, you know, basically accessories and uh, apparel. Well, tell me about the foundation. What's the uh, what's what's the premise of the foundation? Um, basically, it's, how did it really come about originally? I think it was just it was just basically just tough, basically from the from what happened before, like. Um, me having sponsorships and getting signed to Bellator and losing them sponsorships, which didn't make sense to me. It was really frustrating. How can I get signed to a bigger show and lose sponsorships? I was always getting the carrot dangled in front of my face every fight sort of thing. And a few other training partners also felt the same, you know, and like, I wear my heart on the sleeve, you know, so like I'm outspoken and I just kind of feel like... Um, I'm going to stand up for myself sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So the brand came about. I felt other other people's pain as well. And um, me and my business partner set up the... Um, Violet the idea money. of, like, helping other fighters direct and, um, like, personally. And obviously that's when the brand came about. But um, we knew brand. We need people to get eyes on the brand. And it took long to sell t-shirts and etc. So we was like, right, we need a way that directly the the public, like someone can just instead of buying a t-shirt, they can just directly be loyal and support support the support su- support the sport, you know, like directly. So um, that's when the VMFF came about, and it's uh, just a concept where you can go online, um, click sponsor, choose your favorite fighter to sponsor from little as five pounds you know because like we have to pay all these um medical bills brain scans which is thousands of pounds we have to cut weight yeah we're paying like 600 pounds a month on diet and food when when um we 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 pay less than food like on a normal month but we have to diet for everyone's entertainment you know yeah we signed up for it of course but um during this during this um this time where fighters are not getting no fights no income we're here to, to like just to say, listen, like let's see if we can support um, the sport, you know, and the fighters, and every little helps and get the public engaging with the fighters as well, you know. So wow, it's a win-win for everyone. That is truly amazing, and like you say, in these times where you know people aren't actually um, active and aren't actually earning. This would be a godsend to somebody who, you know, is obviously suffering financially. That's brilliant. That is an amazing initiative, my my friend. It is. It is. It's, it's a, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's, I mean, thank you to everyone who's donated so far, who's contributed so far. Um, it's picking up off the ground. We seem to get in a lot of interest in it. And I, w- I wouldn't be doing it. I wouldn't be all in if I never believed in it, you know. Same like my fighting career. I, I believed in I believed in myself, and I kind of I showed um, my ability coming from nothing, coming from literally nothing, not not had no background in sports or anything, you know. So how do people get involved in the foundation to donate? Is there a website? Is there a link? Um, www.violentmoney.co.uk, and um, if you click on their about page, there's a section on their about page where it would have a button saying sponsor. It's like a follow four-step process. Like you just, 
you, you choose your your athlete who you want to sponsor. Yeah. There's a growing list. We have like a request uh, every day. Like like there's people fighters from all over the world, man. And this that's the beauty of it. You know, it's like everyone's connected from all over the world with like the same mindset. You know, so amazing. Everyone, yeah, it is. So um, it's just literally click the process. You 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 you, you donate. You contribute what you like. Um. And your fire crew would get in uh, ASAP, you know. And, so, um, is it a one-off donation? Yeah. Is it a one-off donation, or is it a monthly direct debit? How does it work? Um, at the moment, it's just one-off, one-off payments. Right. It's just one-off payments. But um, I'm pretty sure if like a fighter now in this pandemic who's like uh, was meant to fight and they never they not if they got like a fifty pounds come through, I'm sure pretty sure this like. A, that's like a it's a bonus for them you know so oh, yeah one-off payment thing at the moment um we'll probably have we'll probably review everything see how it goes and then keep keep, keep growing and building man nice that's absolutely amazing i'll make sure that that link is shouted far and wide when this actually comes out tomorrow but that's absolutely amazing it sounds as though just before we go that you've seen what has been broken in mixed martial arts particularly uk mixed martial arts and you are actively trying to fix it whether it be providing you know really unique apparel or you know a means by which people fighters in particular can sustain their 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 families and to to continue to be paid it, was there anything else that you noticed that was actually broken in the scene that it looks as though can come under the Violent Money brand? Um, I mean, like the UK MMA as a scene is um, is is quite young still, I would say. So I'm not sure if there's anything that needs to be broken, but there's things that we need to build on. Um, we have the foundation set from the, like... Um, Set from all like the greats, you know, like uh, like Jimmy. Oh, like we have the foundation set, um, but I think we still got a lot to build on, especially like promoters and managers um, need to like work with the fighters a bit more, understand the ideas from the fighters a lot more. Um, but yeah, I don't think broken, but just maybe just a lot. Just maybe we need to build and work together you know yeah because one thing which isn't necessarily broken but which could be built upon i mean which would come under quite nicely the violent money brand would be management i think that given your experience given what's happened to you in particular given how you know how to um fix um how things can actually well transpire between fighter and fight promotion you'd be a a a in a prime position to be uh, a, a well, a really good head of a management firm. Um, most definitely, like most definitely, I agree because I've been there firsthand. Yeah. Um, so with the likes of like Paul, Paul Daly, Jimmy Manuel, Brad Pickett, who's obviously doing it now. Also, mm. I think definitely the fighter is being a fighter and then managing a fighter after, like, or coaching a fighter after you've been there firsthand. You know, so. Um, it's that level of trust. It's that level of um, respect there, also, you know. Oh, definitely. Rather than someone who's like nobody heard of, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, I definitely, I definitely feel like maybe in the future, but at the moment, it's we're just trying to um, 
do it with, like, just really trying to build on just, like, compensating the fighters a bit more, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just really compensating on the fighters a bit more, like, getting the public involved, keeping it all positive and natural, you know, trying to build something. I, I spoke to someone earlier on about the IMF Federation. They're trying to work to get the MMA into the Olympics. Right. The amateur. Yeah. So... Why not? Why not uh, get it more recognised around the world that we uh, want more pay? Wow! Uh, pay for, it's a business, right? It's a business, so yeah. A lot of fighters need to um, understand it's a business. Like it's all good going in there. I used to like I used to fight for free, um, semi-pro, even when I was pro. Like, but it comes a time where your 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 broken bones and that ain't. <laughs> Need some, need some, uh, need some, something to numb the pain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I fully get. To numb the pain, you know. So, um, yeah, man, that's really the only goal right now for us. Right now, is just really trying to benefit the fighters a lot more. Um, we're keeping them decked out in nice wear. We got the best wear on the market right now, mm. and um, we're giving them. We're literally giving them direct. Uh, um, support, you know, like we're not just we're not just sunning anyone, you know. There's a lot of people out there like trying to give advice and etc. And but someone advice like it's bullshit, you know. It's, it's not gonna do nothing, you know. You need to actually like do something, you know. I hear you. So we're we're, we're doing that, you know. Which we're is fantastic. Right. Which is absolutely amazing. Well. I have to say, it's been amazing catching up with you, Nathan, and it's been brilliant hearing about, you know, the Violet Money Fighter Foundation. I'm really impressed with that. And um, like I said, I'm going to make sure that people can actually um, access that link when this actually comes out. Put it back.